Let's go. Here we go. Let's go. Presented by Hertz. Hey, Tommy, how are you today? Hi, Jim. Good afternoon. I'm just, uh, been obviously a long night. I have not slept great, as you can only imagine. And, uh, I think one thing important we talked about today was just a 24 hour rule in sports. When things don't go your way and you don't win the game, you know, deal with it for 24 hours and then move on. So I'm just about to that 24 hour mark. And after that, you know, I'll start thinking about what this week uh, is about to bring. So it was a tough <laughs> loss for our team. We were, we did a lot of good things. And obviously there were plenty of things we did poorly. And ultimately it just leads to a very difficult road loss, which no one can afford road losses this time of year. We certainly can't, but we're going to keep fighting our tails off like we have all season. I know you're at a loss when you start the program. Hi, Jim. I don't think we've ever had that one before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at a loss for words at times. You know that. So it's a, uh, you know, it's sports is sports is a, you know, as I got on the bus last night, one of my great friends and coaches on our team said, well, Tom, it's a quite the life we've chose to for work, you know, and it has brought so much joy to my life. And at the same time, when you're in the moment and you suffer a tough loss, it doesn't feel like that. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of joy in losing as anyone can attest to. So we play to win when you don't win. It feels like the soul gets ripped out of you, but that's part of the competition. That's part of being the man in the arena. Let's go. Presented by Hertz. Did you know that Hertz has the largest EV rental fleet in North America? Get your next Let's Go moment the electric way today. Visit Hertz.com slash EV to learn more. Hertz, let's go. You got a good buddy. His name is uh, Augie Phipps. And he says, if you're losing, you're explaining. <laughs> yep. You got a lot of explaining to do here uh, on the podcast, uh, Tom. Yeah. How do you how do you explain what seemingly is the consistency of being so inconsistent all year? Well, I think it's a consistency for um, you know so many positive plays, and then undone by kind of untimely mistakes by our team. And it's not one player; it's not one position. And I always football is the ultimate team sport. And I've always believed as a leader, you know, you always take the blame, and you always give the credit and that's just i always feel like that because really that's what leadership is all about and you know i always look at how what i need to do better i had a chance to hit mike down the sideline and over time to win the game and um you know i didn't get it done and i know it's on the road it's against a team that's been struggling but every nfl team has talent every team's been in games especially this season i mean there's no teams that have necessarily run away with things you know, game in and game out. There's been a lot of close games, a lot of one-score games. We've been in a lot of one-score games. We just have not found a winning formula yet. And we've won some games. We've strung some good games together. But in the end, not well enough to have the kind of record that we expect to have. And we're going to have to keep fighting and keep working hard in the preparation leading up to the game. And it just takes more determination at this point. You know, there's you can give in to the outside noise and everyone telling you, oh, it's not your fault. It's someone else's fault. I think that's BS. It is your fault when you lose and you, you take it personally when you lose and it, you shouldn't sleep at night when you lose and you should only think about what you need to do to help the team more. And, you know, that's what I lay in bed at night after games thinking about. And it's a tough situation to be in, have a losing record, but that's our reality. And we haven't done anything to earn more than that. And if you want to 
win games, if you want to win a fight, if you want to win a golf match, if you want to win, you know, your monopoly, you got to earn it. No one's going to hand it to you. You got to go out there every day and try to earn it through the process of improvement. And, um, you know, we're going out there every week. There's a purpose to what we're doing, practicing hard. It's not always showing up on game day. And there's a lot of little things that add up to a five and six record for us at this point. Do you feel the responsibility is shared? You took responsibility. Do you think that's equally going around and there are sleepless nights for your teammates and coaching staff? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't think you make it this far without uh, caring a great deal about what you're trying to accomplish. So I don't think you get to pro football on this level and not have this uh, introspective to you know realize what you need to do better. And I think everyone takes it to heart. It's a tough it's a tough bus ride. It's a tough flight home. It's a tough night's sleep. It's a tough Monday day Monday critique. And you know everything you do and when you don't do well is exposed. It's not like it's hey man I did a bad had a bad day at work and no one knew about it. No, I mean when you have a bad day at work everybody knows about it. And that's just what's on display. And there's a lot of pressure to that and some guys fold to that pressure. Other guys it gets the best out of them. And um you know we've we're five and six in a crazy way. We're still in first place in our division. Our division has not performed very well. And, you know, our football season's ahead of us. And we've got to go out there this week against a very good Saints team. That's They're very similar to us. They've been in a lot of close games. They haven't won them. They've struggled on offense. They've played really good defense at times. So it's going to be a huge division game for us. And we got to find a way to get back to 500. Tom, up until yesterday, heading into the final minute, of the fourth quarter of any game, you were 218-0 and with a seven-point lead. Did you know that? Uh, I did hear that earlier today, which uh, I, I had, you know, there's so many different stats you never hear about. So my first thought was, I guess I'll have to start a new 218-game streak next week. But uh, that might be a little <laughs> ambitious for me at my age. <laughs> Does that mean you'll you'll at least be back next year? <laughs> Maybe you can get to that 18-game portion of that win streak. That's right. That's right. I'm on borrowed time anyway. So, you know, I love competing still, but, um, you know, at this point, like we've always said, it's, it's, it's day to day, game to game at this point. And really I'm just focused on what we need to do to improve this week and go out and practice. And that's what I've always enjoyed about football. You know, I, I love the sport, so I love the preparation for it. I love seeing us improve and get better. And I think there's definitely things on the practice field that have improved. And I definitely see signs of improvement in game day, but it's just not, to the level that we're expected to in what we demand of ourselves in order to win consistently. Our program is brought to you by USAA. USAA was started in 1922 by a group of soldiers who always made a promise to take care of their own. And after 100 years, USAA is still serving the military and their families. Find out more at USAA.com slash 100. USAA. As you sit back and review this today, Tom, do you consider this like a wasted opportunity, a chance to separate yourself a bit from the Falcons and, and, and those in your division? I think, you know, every time you take the field, you have the opportunity to win, you have the opportunity to lose. And you're going to be measured by what happens over 17 games. And every time you lose, it affects that win total. We certainly had our chances. And even, you know, as we reviewed it today, through three quarters of football, it certainly wasn't perfect, but that was some of our better execution of the run game and the pass game uh, than we've had. And then we go the last 
basically 30 minutes of football without scoring a point. And five minutes of, of the third quarter, 15 minutes of the fourth quarter, where we certainly had opportunities in the fourth quarter on their side of the field. Then we get to overtime, and we have two chances in overtime and don't produce anything. And ultimately, they make plays in order to kick the field goal there, in order to run the ball in there, uh, down there, with, with not much time left in overtime to end the game. So, I mean, look, we had plenty of chances. And it's frustrating because when you look at it, you go, God, what was it? No, it's one thing here, and it's one communication there. It's one execution here. It's a penalty here. It's a, it's a, it's a negative run here. It's a missed opportunity on a pass here. It's, it's all these little things that add up. So, yeah, you come out of it, and you go, God, we did some good things, and, of course, we did some bad things. Well, what does that mean in football when you do some good things and you do some bad things? It means you're average. And it's your six and five, your five and six at this point, which is basically where we're at. So it's not good enough to be consistently winning. And that's what the goal is for every team every week. And that's a consistent attitude, effort, discipline, determination, execution, all those things. So sometimes it's physical, sometimes it's mental, sometimes it's a bit emotional. And that's what we all have to, you know, you get one performance a week for three hours and you go through 70 minutes of football. Every player can go, I did some good things and I did some things that I need to do better. And in the end, it's just not good enough. And ultimately, when they make the plays to win, you got to give them credit. You know, the guy makes, uh, David and Joe, who made a fourth nine catch from the 11-yard line, one-handed, one left-handed, ultimately it ties the game or the game's over for us at the end of regulation. So, you know, there's a lot of opportunity we had to win that game. And, of course, we did not do what we're capable of, so therefore you lose it. And it's, uh, I can say, well, it's not one play, it's not one person, it's a lot of, it's all of us, first of all, and it's a lot of individual plays that if we make one or two, it's significantly better. And I could say that for a lot of the games we've played this year. So it's been very frustrating, and, you know, I would say there's no lack of determination to be better and ultimately, we have to go out and earn it when we get our opportunity, and you get that opportunity once a week. Jim Gray with Tom Brady right here on Let's Go. Our program is brought to you by American Express. It's so easy to get excited about going to a game. You love hearing the whistle or smelling the game day concessions all the way from your seat. That stuff reminds you of the thrill of the game, and you know that Amex will be there every step of the way because when you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen but when American Express don't live life without it. Tom, you said something really interesting in that last uh, couple of minutes. You said we're average. Have you ever considered yourself average at anything at any time? <laughs> yeah, I would say basically outside of playing quarterback, that's basically how I would describe a lot of things. So <laughs> I would say I'm working to improve and uh, certainly, uh, Average say, is not the word that I would hear in your public life that would be a description of yourself, by yourself, or of anyone else. I appreciate it. I would say working to improve, and I'm a work in progress. So there's a lot of things I can do better, and a lot of it is awareness. So uh, no one wants to be average, and no everyone wants to succeed greatly. And you know, I've definitely had those experiences in my football career, and I'm very grateful for those. And again, a lot of it is awareness and trying to be a little bit better every day, which is the goal for all of us. And how do you do that? How do you do that 
for yourself and then convey that to others? I think it's pretty easy, you know, for us to get into kind of a routine. And, you know, if you get on that routine and you get on the hamster wheel, and I've definitely experienced this too, where you're just, you're running so hard every day, you don't always get a chance to take inventory. And I think there's always moments where like in an off season, you need to recalibrate kind of this sense of who you are and what you're trying to accomplish. And I've been very, you know, football, I saw one of my great college friends last night, Aaron Shea, who had a seven-year career, and he is one of my best friends, played for the Browns. He was at the game yesterday. He's like, God, man, 23 years, you know, could never imagine that. And it's been so much fun, and I've enjoyed so many aspects of it. And Look, losing is hard for all of us, but I'd rather lose and play than not play at all. And, um, you know, I love playing. I love competing. I love trying to be a little bit better every day. I love going out there with a sense of purpose to try to get better. And ultimately, I love trying to play at a championship level for my teammates. And obviously, there's challenges every year. Everybody has unique challenges, you know, on and off the field. And, you know, you work as hard as you can with the circumstances that are presented before you. And, you know, we're just going to keep fighting till the end. And we'll be measured by, again, by what happens over the course of a long season. And we still have six games to go. And there's a lot of things that can happen. The future is not written by any stretch. There's a lot of that's going to happen in the next six weeks of football. And hopefully we can find better rhythm and find a way to get a win this Monday night against New Orleans, which will be a huge game for us. Made an interesting comment several years ago when you were 8-0 and with the Patriots. You said, I'm the most frustrated 8-0 guy you'll ever see on the planet, undefeated. Yeah. You used the word that. frustration a moment or two ago as well, and now you're five and six, um, a place you're not used to being. Is the frustration amplified because you're not where you want to be, or is it amplified because of the record? Well, I think it's, um, you know, when I made that comment a few years ago, I just, what I meant was, you know, we're just not performing to our expectations. So even though we're winning, and I think it's great to win, think about that. It's really about the process of winning and the process of improvement. And anytime you're doing less than what you're capable of, there's a frustration because if you're happy with it, you're not aware of what needs to be fixed and the problems that are, that are there. And no football team has everything figured out for four quarters, every game, every week. It's impossible. There's times where you have, you know, three really good quarters, time where you have four good quarters. Most of the time you probably have two really good quarters. You know, the good teams have three good quarters and, you know, the bad teams have one good quarter and everyone has the chance to do it, but how well can you do it consistently over the course of a game and then ultimately a season? So being five and six, I'm frustrated with the fact that we have not played well enough to be better than five and six. You know, you've, you're a reflection of what your record says you are and we have a losing record, but the the best part is we're still in first place in our division again, which is, Hard to imagine. It was like when Evander Holyfield got bitten both his ears and still won the fight against Tyson. It wasn't pretty, but he still got the job done. All right. That's a pleasant thought. A couple of bitten ears, but still in first play. <laughs> I was there that night, Tom. That was quite a night. Uh, what was with, that? With our that buddy Mike just... Tyson and Evander. How was that? Give me any good stories from that night. That was a melee. I'll never forget that. That was an incredible fight. Mills Lane did an, an amazing job, and he told him not to do it again, and Mike went ahead and did it again, and there was already a piece of Evander's uh, ear uh, on the ring apron, 
And uh, he he called off the fight, and then a melee ensued, and there was chaos in the ring. And the uh, police from uh, Las Vegas pulled out their billy clubs and uh, got the guy separated. Mike still wanted to uh, fight after he had gotten himself disqualified. Uh, And uh, it kind of of went from there. But uh, Mike was upset that he was being headbutted repeatedly uh, in the first fight. And then the second fight didn't feel that the referee Mills Lane had done his job and in stopping that. And so uh, Mike felt that it was appropriate since he had a gash over his eye, which he told me, look at me, look at me. I have to feed my family. I have to wow. feed my kids and they have to see me like this. So he thought yeah. that to retaliate, he would just take a piece of uh, another man's ear. <laughs> now, Holyfield understood that, it, believe it or not. That is Holyfield understood it. You know why? Why? Because in the Olympic trials, guess what? Evander Holyfield had bitten an opponent's ear. Is that right? I did not know that. There you go. Correct. Wow. And with that, let's turn it back to the Bucks. A uh, couple of missing ears still in first place. <laughs> 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 and remind everybody that our program is brought to you by Bank of America. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive, even football fans can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. What would you like the power to do? Member. FDIC. Would you have bitten an opponent's ear if you didn't have a helmet on? Oh, in football, definitely not. I'd get killed out there. Those guys would kick my ass. So I'm the weakest guy on the field. I, I think there's a level of frustration where I've definitely swung my leg around and, you know, tried to, you know, just give a little glancing blow to, to a defender that got too close to me or did something I thought was a little bit unfair, but nothing more than that at this point as I'm not very – I wouldn't be very physically able to do much to those guys anyway. If you were trying to handicap, and I don't mean in a way that's permanent, if you were trying to handicap an opponent, in what way could a guy get away with something that could just kind of disable them for a little while or or get them (laughs) distracted enough in football? Wow, good question. I mean, you have so many pads on. I don't think there's many things that are exposed. Um, I mean, most of these guys are built like, like telephone poles. They're so strong. I know... Cam Jordan from the Saints, I think, missed with like an eye poke. That's been pretty nasty. A few guys have happened to that over the time, over over time. And I think there's some things, you know, guys are grabbing down in, in piles and stuff like that, but nothing that I can see keeping a player. I think the bodies are built for that type of punishment, you know, when you get to this point in the NFL. Your your body's pretty much callous to a lot of things. So about ten years later, I asked Mike Tyson, what did it taste like when you bit oh. another man's ear? What do you think his answer was? chicken don't think we can say it on the air someone's (laughs) rear end (laughs) (laughs) with that we'll go to break stay with us here on let's go on sirius xm I'm Jake Mintz. And I'm Jordan Schusterman, and we are the hosts of Baseball Barbacast, a SiriusXM podcast. Like Edwin Jackson, the ultimate journeyman, we are hitting the road next week, headed to San Diego for baseball's winter meetings. We're going to be bringing you two episodes a day of in-depth and hopefully entertaining baseball talk. We'll be talking to the biggest names to get answers to the biggest questions, like who will sign Aaron Judge? And will Mike Farah notice that we're using his expense account? Download Baseball Barbacast on the SXM app, available with all of our trials and popular plans, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.
Welcome back to Let's Go. I'm Jim Gray along with Tom Brady. Our program is brought to you by K Jewelers. The K Black Friday sale ends today, November 28th, but Cyber Monday is here with can't miss online exclusive deals now through December 7th. Shop K and save. Exclusions apply. Visit k.com for details. Gets me in a good mood. <laughs> I'm glad something does. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Winning football does too. Uh, now we're talking. Now we're talking. Snake Hagen is determined to make this a happy moment. That had to be great, great pleasure. For the second year in a row, your Michigan team, the Wolverines, go in and beat Ohio State for the first time since you turned pro. 20-something years. Been, uh, actually, the first time they won two years two years in a row, which is good, because at least some of the good guys won in Ohio this weekend. But it was a hell of a victory by the Wolverines, and uh, they played very inspired. They ran the ball. It was great to see, and they got a chance to play in the Big Ten Championship on Saturday night, so I'm really happy for them. That great victory kind of, kind of makes the season for Michigan and for Ohio State, but now there's a lot more business. They now have to play against Purdue. I guess you you shouldn't play your way out of this championship. Like, it's my belief, my feeling is, that if you're one of the top four teams now and you've played your way into one of these uh, conference championships, you're in because this is extra. You've already made it through the regular right. season, so this Purdue thing shouldn't really matter. And it shouldn't matter with USC having to go and play the Pac-12 championship. And I, I think that's 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 bad because if you lose, well, then you shouldn't have had to play the game. Yeah, it's really interesting. I think it's even um, – I mean, I'm just thinking if to get to the national championship, for example, that's 15 games you got to win. and Or not 15 games you have to play and you have to win them all. And maybe you're about to be 14-1. and one. But when I was in college, we had 12, 12 games and 13 games, which was a lot. And, you know, it's just a lot of football to be played. So I think there's obviously a lot of excitement. You know, I do like the 14 playoff. It could even be more than that. Um, but it still is a lot of football to be played for these college kids. And even though now with the no more amateur status, I would say, to these college players, you know, maybe they do enjoy playing more. There's more exposure for them as well. And now they want to transfer. You know, will you pay me more money, coach? Am I going to play? If not, I'm not going to stay. So it's 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 almost like, even though they might stay in college, it's a lot like the Kentucky basketball program, one and done. Yeah, and and that's done really well. Those guys advance and go on to to the pros, and you know they change the trajectory of their families uh, for a lifetime, and that's that's fantastic. Yeah. But in college football, it's changing the paradigm. Um, not that these folks shouldn't be compensated, but it's going to lead to a tremendous lack of consistency and we're going to have teams good one year and then you're not going to know anybody the next year. And unlike the building that you had going on in college football. Yeah, it's going to be very unique. And and a lot of it is maybe just a constant reinvention of your own team. And I, I think it's, it could balance the powers out a little bit. I mean, if you think about all basically college free agency, these kids finish the season and if they didn't have the season they wanted, they have the opportunity to go somewhere else where they'd be maybe paid more. Who knows? But I think a lot of these big schools over the years have had opportunities to always get the best players all the time. And it's a monopoly on the best players. Even when you look at Alabama or, you know, they're obviously the one that comes to mind because they've had so much success with guys in pro football. But 
you know, there was a lock on so many of those guys. And I think maybe there's more of a kind of dispersion of talent across all the college football. Some teams may try to load up one where one year, you know, other teams, maybe some of these mid-level schools, they don't have the opportunity to, you know, pay these players in the same way that some of the bigger schools might. So maybe they recruit a different type of player. I think there's going to be a big reinvention of college athletics with, you know, the new rules that are coming into play. And it's going to force coaches to change a lot more too, because, you know, they're always going to want to go to those bigger schools, potentially that could attract talent and better talent in these one-year programs. So you may not have the opportunity to build the program. And that actually may have a detriment to the pro game, because if you don't build the college program, how is a player going to develop his skill set, which it's going to develop a lesser player to pro football. So there are definitely some changing dynamics. And I think that's probably very much par for the course in life. There's changing dynamics in life constantly. But, you know, certainly with the, you know, us talking about college football in particular, there's a lot of changes on the horizon. You make a great point right there that pro football could end up suffering because of this. Uh, I believe pro basketball has really suffered. And I think uh, just my personal feeling, I, I wonder what you would think about this. We're seeing some of the older coaches who have done phenomenal jobs and, and who are legends, Mike Krzyzewski, Roy Williams, um, some of the older coaches. They don't want to have to change and augment with the times that are coming, and they know that it's not going to be the same. So instead of having to try and adapt at a later stage in life, um, they're just going to leave. I think we're going to start seeing that with some of the college football coaches as well. Yeah, and I can understand that. I think if you think about their job description, you know, build a program. They obviously deal with the, the coaching. They have to deal with a lot of, I would say, recruiting. They have to deal with the school and the educational aspects. And now they have to deal with basically free agency every year. So, yeah, that's another, you know, you may think, oh, I get it. If I recruit a really good player, great. He's in my program for three or four years. I can watch him develop. I can nurture his skill set. You know, there might be an aspect of that which coaches really enjoy. And, you know, Coach Krzyzewski, you know, he developed so much talent. I'm sure a lot of those guys felt like he was a real father figure to them at times. And, you know, because of the short-term stay, you won't have that opportunity. So I could definitely see, uh, you know, and then again, I use my, you know, my niece as an example. She's had opportunities with the NIL deals to capitalize on her success in college softball, which is amazing because, you know, to start and finish your college career and have, you know, uh, made some money in the process has been awesome. So everything comes with some pros, everything comes with some cons and, um, and everything we know in life is, um, is always changing. And that's just the reality of what we're all dealing with. Tom's referring to his niece, Maya Brady. She plays softball at uh, UCLA a tremendous player, and they've got a great team. Uh, I'm Tom. No, you're Jim Gray. I'm Jim Gray. I'm Tom Brady. I am. You're Tom Brady. How about that? Anyway, our show is Let's Go, and we're brought to you by Del Frisco's Double Eagle Steakhouse. From tender grilled steaks to decadent desserts with an impeccable wine list, Del Frisco's Double Eagle Steakhouse will surpass your expectations by treating you to an extraordinary dining experience. Visit DelFrisco's.com to make your reservations. Tom, let's go back to the pro game for just a moment here. You know, it's really interesting what's going on with all of these analytics. 
And there seems to be different approaches being taken by different coaches. We had overtime games yesterday. The Raiders win in overtime. They don't go for a two-point conversion. So we see two teams who play basically to get into overtime, your Buccaneers and the Raiders. And then we see two teams, the Chargers and Jacksonville, say, hey, we're going to let it all ride on one play uh, using analytics. And I know different circumstances and different situations for each of those uh, four games. However, uh, there seems to be a difference of how to approach this uh, that probably we will see more and more uh, as maybe the old school guys think that they're going to play it out and the other guys say, let's get this done and finish right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot to be decided, especially on a team-by-team basis. And you could look at maybe success inside the five-yard line. You could look at how well the opponent has defended a two-point conversion. You can look at the players that you have helping in the game and what your level of confidence is to execute that two-point play. So I think there's a lot of factors that weigh in. And yeah, there's a lot of analytics. I've seen more now this year than I ever have. And I think the accumulation of data is definitely helping some teams. And some of the teams are kind of, I don't know, it's live or die by it, but they're using it as, as a tool. And I definitely think data is very important. These tools are important. There shouldn't be the only thing that are important. They should weigh into decisions and not be the decision. But, um, you know, the use of data and analytics and speed and tracking and, you know, sports science, all that's playing much more into sports now than it ever has. I'd also like to talk to you about Jalen Hurts as he accomplished something yesterday so rare Mm -hmm. uh, in the history of the National Football League. 150 yards passing and 157 yards Mm -hmm. rushing. Um, Wow. It was just an incredible performance uh, against the Packers. Um, what strikes you when you see something like that? Yeah, it's hard. I mean, look, it's I don't think I've never rushed for more than 100 yards in a season. I don't think. I mean, he did it for 150 yards in a game and made it look relatively easy because I saw some of those highlights. And he just has a great skill set to be able to. You know, you got to have so much spatial awareness too, because you know when you run, you know those guys are coming at you and they're coming fast and. I think when you have his athleticism, but also he knows exactly when to get down. He knows exactly when to get out of bounds. He starts to run, he stops, and he throws the ball. So his ability to make plays in the run game is very impressive. And 157 yards for anybody is incredible. And then they have the ability to pass the football like he does as well. You know, he's a, he's a, that's why that team is so successful. He's playing at a very, very, very high level. And they're a tough team to stop. And even if you think you've got them stopped for a lot of the game, you know, like they, the Colts had them a few weeks ago, it comes down to a, a drive at the end of the game. And he's got a little more energy left in the tank. And he makes, you know, a game-winning run there at the end for a touchdown. So it's hard to defend when you have a dual-threat quarterback. There's some pros to that and some cons to that. Um but it's it's when it's on and they're running the ball like they did, it's they can control the clock and uh, and they can play really good football. Our program is Let's Go. I'm Jim Gray, along with Tom Brady. Tom has his own apparel line. It's called Brady Brand. Check it out right now at BradyBrand.com, including the brand new Brady Pant. Terrific holiday gift. Go to BradyBrand.com. Look great and feel even better. Brady Brand. Let's go. And Tommy, uh, Snake has an update on your incredible, incredible feat. Go ahead, Snake. What do you got? It's so incredible. Yeah, Jim, 
Tom has rushed for 100 yards in his season three times in his career, the longest being for 110 yards in the second season of his career. I'd like to make one correction to that. I don't know if I've quote-unquote rushed, because that means running. Maybe I fell forward for 102 yards, but I have not done much rushing over the course of my career. Snake, uh, just a little advice. Next time you come on the air, try and talk into the microphone. <laughs> if I had a mic that works, I would. <laughs> We've got to upgrade that for you, Snake. Hey. You deserve the best. <laughs> you always protect Snake. Always protecting this guy. He is, because he deserves it. He's a great guy. He works his ass off to him. Grateful to he does grateful a, to have a man. He does a great job for us. On, on the other side, Tom, I just want to ask you about Aaron Rodgers as well. So so long in your career, uh, you were kind of held up against uh, and being compared with Peyton Manning. Uh, later in your career, it's been with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Aaron disclosed for quite some time this season. He's been playing with a broken thumb, left the game last night, uh, was concerned about possibly a punctured lung, something wrong with his uh, ribs negative on the x-rays, which is good news. When you see a great competitor like Aaron, whose record uh, not up to what everybody thought it would be this year, uh, and he's struggling with injuries, do um, you feel for that guy? Is it just so, such a competition that you're only myopic in your own view? Yeah, you know, look, we're all competitors, and, you know, you just you want to compete as hard as you can, and, you know, it's it means a lot to him. You could tell by it. I know Aaron pretty well, and He's a tough competitor. He wants to win in everything he does. And uh, their season hasn't quite gone the way they wanted it to. Mm, that's just the way it goes sometimes, I think. It gives you more appreciation for when it does go right. And it does give you more appreciation for when you do get the wins. And I think a perspective is good to have. And not to say that you want to deal with that all the time. And I look at my situation. I'm so blessed for so many years to be a part of so many great teams. And there's different challenges and adversities this team faces. And the the thought is how do i solve them and what can i do to help them and that's where you gain resilience from that when things don't go your way how do you deal with it it's so easy when things go your way to accept all the gratification and the glory and everyone tell you how great you are and all the phone calls and texts but look it's it's lonely when you lose no one wants to be a part of that you're you know you're sitting there by yourself you know who your true friends are and you know people want to give you your space but it's a different emotion and you know, everyone's, everyone's down. People are pulling for you. And, you know, you're going to learn to deal with resilience one way or another. And life's got a way to humble us all. And losing football games is one way. There's a lot of different ways, obviously. And, um, you know, you just wake up every day. The next day, the sun's going to come up and you got to do the best you can do the next day. That's just the way we have to deal with life. And let's close it with this, Tommy. Uh, you've been a good mentor. Uh, Jacoby Brissett said it kind of best yesterday. Uh, after the game with all due respect he said and he meant it this is effing awesome <laughs> so you taught him well i love him you know i love that guy he i was you know as hard as this to lose you know i like seeing him do well and unfortunately he did too well against us and uh you know i had a great time meeting jacoby we've been friends since the day we met and uh I guess what I realized after he said, I got to be a better role model for the kids because I, I can't teach Jacoby how to curse and use my lines. So that won't happen again. With that, Tommy, we appreciate your time. I um, think we can't roll back the clock on that one. I guess you'll be better going forward. And uh, we will talk to you next Monday night. Uh, you're playing next Monday night against the Saints. Uh, so we look forward to our conversation before the game. Awesome. I do too.
thanks a lot. Look forward to it, and hopefully we have a great week of practice and get ready to go for a huge game Monday night. That's Tom Brady. He's our expert. And any athlete will tell you it helps to work with an expert. For buying or refinancing a home, your expert is an independent mortgage broker. Find one at findamortgagebroker.com. It's powered by the number one mortgage lender in America, United Wholesale Mortgage, LLC. Equal housing lender, NMLS, number 3038. It's licensed in all 50 states and the District of Columbia. Let's go. Presented by Hertz, we want to thank our terrific producer, Dave the Snake Hagen, with production assistance by Harris Fabishoff. And great thanks to our sponsors, American Express, USAA, Bank of America, K Jewelers, United Wholesale Mortgage, Brady Brand, Del Frisco's, and Hertz. Let's Go Podcast with Tom Brady was produced by 199 Productions and Scratchy Productions in collaboration with Shadow Lion. Thanks so much for joining us, and we will talk to you again next week right here on Let's Go on Sirius XM. Sirius XM Podcasts.